and I welcome everyone here Love tonight. Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to uh, Spiritual Tools with Melissa Boyd, Blog Talk Radio. Today is May 14, 2016, 15. I'm going ahead of myself here. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty here this evening, so I'm going to ask everyone to hold on because I'm going to call back in. We're having a, a technical difficulty because our speaker is on, but I don't see her on my my uh, studio. So these things happen, so we just take a nice deep breath in. So I will be right back with all of you. So I will be right back. So hold the line and we will just, um, we will figure this out. Thank you. Okay, welcome everyone. And I'm looking for the list of callers that is going to be here. And... I am going to ask my caller to call back in. So um, so welcome to Spiritual Tools if you're new to Spiritual Tools. This idea to create Spiritual Tools came from the idea that every time I would do readings, I am an intuitive medium, and I would at the end say, we've got some great resources I want to tell you about, and what would end up happening is I never had an opportunity to tell everyone about the great people that I wanted to connect with. So I decided to create Spiritual Tools. So it's a show once a week where I bring you some amazing people from around the world that are doing some incredible things. And I am working really hard right now to get you on the air with our guest tonight, Rosie Dearheart. So we are um, we're asking the universe to assist us here in this little technical glitch that we have and um, asking that that happens. Here we go. Okay. So I have Rosie here with us, so we're all going to be wonderful now. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, um, for hanging in there. So before I introduce Rosie to the show... I first want to talk about some upcoming um, activities that I have coming up. I, I do a lot of different, I do in-person in readings, I do phone readings, Skype readings, but I also teach classes and I do meditations. I started a donation and meditation series um, about three or four months ago, and the idea is as we meditate, we also donate to an organization, a nonprofit. So next week, I have a Meditate and Donate series um, going on. It is on May 20th at 7 p.m. It's to benefit the Centers for Grieving Children. It will be held at River Tree Arts in West Kennebunk. I'm also going to be doing some online uh, meditations as well where you can just find them on YouTube. I do have a meditation CD that's on sale on iTunes as well as a six 
CD meditation called Guided Vibrational Meditations Now, having Solfeggio frequencies with them. I also have a couple of other events I just want to mention here. On June 6th from 1 to 4 or June 7th, 1 to 4, I will be at Wicked Good Yoga in Wiscasset, Maine, doing vibrational yoga. So this is doing yoga, opening up your chakras, and also delivering messages from spirit. So it's a lot of fun if you've never experienced it. And when you're in your yoga poses, it's really an opportunity to receive um, information from your loved ones in a very open way. So that's, um, that's a couple of the events I have coming up. And if you want to hear more about my services, please visit me at melissaboyd.net. So my guest tonight, um, Rosie Deerhart, who I will be bringing on the show very shortly, thank goodness, uh, thank universe, let's say that. Um, it is such a gift and a pleasure to introduce Rosie. I, um, I had the amazing experience, and those of you who are listening who know of Rosie or have ever experienced any of her work know what I'm talking about. Um, Rosie is a, a lifelong intuitive and cosmic catalyst. Yes, she is indeed. And... Um, I had the privilege of working with her about five years ago. I was really at a standstill in my life. I was, uh, you know, always being intuitive, being an intuitive since I was nine years old and knowing it and not knowing exactly how to, how to embrace it, how to understand it. You know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing for a living? And, you know, giving messages. And I was working um, as a lobbyist at the time. And I did soul coaching with Rosie, and it really was that thing that changed my life. It really was that turning point for me that made everything click. And uh, a a couple of things that uh, when I bring Rosie on, she'll talk more about her work that she does, but a couple of things that uh, she had said to me was, one, she said, intensity is a soul quality. Stop trying to squash your intensity. And you know, my whole life it was like, you're too excited, slow down, what's going on? <laughs> and so to have someone say embrace this was something that, you know, I wasn't really used to hearing. So that in itself was amazing. And then she went on to tell me how one day, and not too soon in the distant future, I would have a, a radio show. So hence, here we are, radio show. <laughs> um, and... Um, Again, before I bring Rosie on, I, you know, people have bios. They have all these things that they do, and Rosie's written, written a lot of books, and we're going to talk about those tonight. But what I wanted to do is really talk about what Rosie believes. And this is from her website. So I'm going to, I'm going to read a few of these, and um, you'll, you'll hear more from her in a moment. So Rosie says in her own words, I believe that love is who we are not what we do. I believe that each time we extend love to ourselves, we grow our intuitive capacity. I believe we interact, love, and create within a multidimensional consciousness that includes past lives, parallel lives, and future lives. I believe we attract shadow wisdom teachers into our lives to remind us of our essence. 
I believe that we are each responsible for healing the inner and outer splits between the feminine and masculine. I believe we are God's verbs and are ready, already ready to co-create. I believe each of us has the innate capacity to heal ourselves, each other, and the planet. So, Rosie, welcome to Spiritual Tools. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa. Wow, it's really, uh, it's really fun to hear my beliefs because I was going, hmm, do I still believe those? And absolutely, yes, every single one of them. So thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being on the show. Honestly, um, you know, I, I sit with a lot of people now, thanks to you and helping me on this way. And I say, have you had a reading before? And they'll say, about 20 or 30 years ago, I don't know if you ever heard of Rosalie Dearheart, and I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, I've, been doing, just, I've been doing soul readings for 35 years, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so welcome. <laughs> tell us, t- tell our listeners about, you know, how you know you're intuitive, how you got into this work. Um, I was born intuitive. So I knew things. Uh, you know, it's like energy is my energy is my first language. Um, um, I see energy, I feel energy, I hear energy, and um, and energy for me is information. So uh, you know, I was born intuitive. Um, my parents were not comfortable with intuition and um, I was nicknamed Weenie Witch which even as a little kid I knew wasn't an affirmation <laughs> mm. now I love the title but uh, yeah I mean I've always um, listened and and most of my life responded to my intuition and for me um, intuition is simply the silent voice of spirit. Beautiful. And and can you tell us, tell people that maybe haven't experienced soul coaching, what is soul coaching? What is a soul coach? I think first I have to backtrack and, and talk just a little bit about a soul reading because the soul coaching or soul mentoring grew out of a soul reading. So just imagine a soul reading is um, a cosmic report card of the agreements that you made with your soul um, about what you came to this planet to to learn, to contribute, uh, to become. So a soul reading looks at soul's purpose, you know, which is the the energy that brought you here. Looks at life lessons, looks at soul qualities, which are um, where your power and healing are grounded. Looks at life lessons, looks at past lifetime overlays. So there's a lot of information in a soul reading. Um, And oftentimes... Um, after someone's had a soul reading, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I, 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 I get, I'm attuned to 
most of what you said, but, you know, there are a couple of areas that I really need some more clarity in or um, implementation or how to apply um, these principles. And um, so it's really a diving deep time. So soul mentoring is um, looking at um, your soul agreements and and working with them so so that um so so that you embody um your soul agreements and when you do that there's a sense of ease knowing you're on the right track there's clarity there's um good health um there's um joy and some sort of creative self-expression. And if any one of those is missing, it's an indication that you're not in total alignment with soul's purpose. So, mm. um, you know, soul mentoring, is an, it, it's in-depth. I um, work with someone over, it might be, I don't know, four or five months Um the the mentoring is a soul reading and three follow up work sessions that are they're not scheduled in advance. It's when a person feels like they've completed um, this aspect of what they've worked on. Um, then we go forward and basically it's really a delicious combination of um, <laughs> me. Um, collaborating with the guides and teachers of the person I'm working with, as well as um, being witness and being awake and using any and all of the therapist skills that I've incorporated over mm. 30 years. Um, so it's a it's a big commitment. I often say soul mentoring is is moving from a commitment to our soul's journey and our soul's path into a place of consecration where where you embody full faith. It's not for sissies. No, it's not. I can attest to that, <laughs> let me tell you, because I, as you may, some people I'm sure you don't exactly remember, but it was very intense for me in such a wonderful way and, it it really allowed me to look at some of these patterns that I had, you know, from past lives and ways in which to shift them. And really, really incredible, incredible work. Very deep work, indeed. Really, really deep work. Um, and I know you also do. Is it? Would you call them soul retreats with people? Well, I do private retreats with people or couples. Um, I've also mm. been working with couples. And that's, um, you know, that's for people who um, also want um, to create sacred space three or four days um, with a focus on their spiritual journeys and soul agreements. Um, and um, there's meditation and art and music and from October until the 1st of June, um, I'm now living in Virginia Beach, right across from the beach and the Edgar Casey Foundation. So um, 
it's a delightful experience because there's so much going on at the spa in terms of massage and craniosacral and tai chi that um, it's really a a banquet. Um, Mm. (laughs) And I cook for people, too. Um, Oh, that's great. I just, you know, I check and see what their favorite comfort foods are and and, and what they don't like, and I prepare a menu so that the focus is totally person and their journey and um, how to bridge from personal story, which is, uh, there's just a lot of energy habits in personal story, how to bridge from mm, limited personal story over into um, soul story. Beautiful. And you've you've written uh, um, many books, and um, I'll just I'll name a few, and maybe you can tell me which ones you'd like to talk about tonight. Here, there's so many, but um, there's Awaken. Yep. There's Harvesting Your Journals. Yes. Healing Grief, and your new one, Soul Befriending. Yes. Um. You know, just a second, Melissa. I just want to um, um, check in with my guides because I'm often just a <laughs> I'm often just a spokeswoman for my guides and teachers. So I'm checking to see uh, if they have a preference, and if so, uh, what what what's the message here? Okay, all right. I, I want to talk about two. I want to talk about the first one and the last one. Um. Healing Grief, A Mother's Story is um, um, a personal journey. Yeah, yeah, it was a personal journey for sure. Mm -hmm. A personal uh, journal about um, my grief process after the sudden death of my son Mike when he was 14. Um, He was electrocuted in the schoolyard. and um, I was 33, and nobody I knew had died. So I was, um, um, I mean, completely, certainly unprepared for death and certainly unprepared for the death of my son. Um, and what I most wanted were women's stories. I wanted to hear from mothers. I and yearned to um, know that it was possible to reinvest in love after after, after um, death, especially death of a child. And there were no stories. Um, this was this was a long time ago. It was 1977. Um, you know, there there weren't centers for grieving children or grieving parents. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was teaching. Um, but the, the whole area of mother's grief was pretty unexplored, and then certainly for me. Um, so I ended up, because I'm a hopeless journal keeper, I journal every day, um, I believe that in terms of 
um, a spiritual journey. It's really essential to have a consistent spiritual practice, and writing is one of mine. I have some others, but writing <laughs> writing has been with me since I was um, 27, so a long time. Um, and, you know, so the, the book I just took from my journals, the, the, um, the story I most wanted to hear, I ended up writing. Um, and one of the things I ended up knowing in the process was that, um, that Mike and I had a soul agreement, and it didn't matter which one of us, in terms of the spiritual journey, it did not matter which one of us died. The agreement was that we would um, communicate um, cross dimensions. So he died, I lived. Um, Three months before that, I was in the hospital um, with an emergency hysterectomy. And it was the first time I considered that maybe I would not live to see my two children grow up. So um, having said that, um, you know, his death opened up and and I had to question just about every belief I had because I was a therapist and um, I was hearing my um, dead son speak to me. And mm. it's not good if you hear voices in your head and you're a therapist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just not considered. Uh, it's not considered sane. Let's put it that way. Um, and yet, um, my experience was he wasn't dead. He was inspirited, meaning he had energy and movement and intention, um, and um, and was my teacher. Was really my teacher. And um, I am convinced that I would not be doing the work I am doing now had it not been for his death. So it's like it's like I'm his legacy. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I'm, I'm his, yes, I'm I'm his legacy, and you know the legacy that I. Um, um, I pray to leave is a, a legacy of love, you know, that love mm. is a choice. You know, I do my best to lead my life with loving awareness. Um, and um, and uh, make choices that are in alignment with um, with love and coming from an overflowing heart and doing my best not to shut anyone out of um of that heart because to the degree I shut anyone out I diminish the love that comes to me. Mm-hmm. So um that was the first book. Um I mean I wouldn't have written I wouldn't be an author and the um soul befriending um the <laughs> the subtitle is High Being Living and Loving. <laughs> which is an audacious title. And I realized <laughs> that when I published it, it's like, oh, my God. Um, this, is, this, is, this is a big, this is a big, this is a big costume to step into. High being, living, and loving. Um, 
And um, I absolutely believe that um, the universe, um, the healing of this planet is absolutely depending on each of us to step into our uniqueness, our preciousness, and to dare to risk being who we are and to dare Mm -hmm. to risk being delighted and to dare to risk being um, more than competent, to dare to risk um, embracing ourselves um, as co-creators of miracles. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm convinced of that. And so befriending is an invitation to do that, although um, I, I don't mention, I don't think I mention miracle consciousness in that book. That's something that's evolved in this past year. For me, mm-hmm. um, uh, claiming miracle consciousness, you know, claiming it. So claiming our divinity, claiming our right and our role to be co-creatives with the divine, however you choose to define the divine, and um, unleashing our unlimited potential. Um, I'm going to be doing a workshop um, about that in um, Maine in July. And if anyone wants information about what I'm going to be doing in Maine for the four months that I'm there, um, all the workshops and events are on my website. And um, and that my website is um, soul s o u l hyphen healing dot com and they can just go to the events page and to get an idea of books they can just go to the book page there are excerpts i i believe from all eight of my books on there and they can um if they want to order and get an autographed copy they can do that i love autographing books because i channel right. the inscription <laughs> okay i'll nice. settle off ahead no, no, I. That's beautiful. I, I want to go back to your book, Healing Grief: A Mother's Story, and um, okay. because I think that it's so profound and so important, um, especially for you know for everyone to read, but especially for um, mothers who have lost children. And you know, as a as a medium myself, I sit with a lot of people, and there is something so deep and I can't describe it but I feel it when I'm in the room with um, a mother who has lost a child and it's just so it goes to the depth do, do you know I mean you would know um, and um, it's holy. some of them have read your book and it's been incredible for them so thank you for doing that because I know that you said you wrote this book so long ago, but people are still saying that it's one of the best books they've ever read to help them through that process. So I just want to validate Mm -hmm. that for you to say that it really is helping people. And I'm sure that was very painful for you to go through that process, but then it becomes, and and I guess the other thing I would ask is, Rosie, is there anything that you would say to, you know, people listening who have lost a child? What would you what kind of, you know, 
insight or inspiration? You know, I would say that um, love never ends. And um, that um, by continuing to um, feel love for that child and, you know, a child, can be anyone from, you know, from a day old to, I don't know, 80 can still be mm. someone's child. Um, continue to um, love, continue to um, uh, pay attention to dreams because oftentimes children will visit and they'll come in dreams because parents don't have um, a concept or perception that um, uh, there can be communication um, after the death of a loved one. So um, grief, that's important. Um, And also um, be open, be receptive to... Um, communication or messages or um, signals from um, mm-hmm. their beloved inspirited ones and and again i i I don't and I'm sure it's true for you, Melissa, but let me check but i don't um dead doesn't mean um dead to me because no. Right, exactly. um, these energies, the, these these energies that you know, um, Earth side we knew as our son or our daughter, um, uh, there's still energy, and that energy is filled with information, and um, and I think as more parents talk about visits or dreams or hunches about um their their child who no longer resides in this dimension that consciousness grows absolutely um, absolutely and i i wanted to say earlier when you were talking about you know energy I believe, you know, like you, I say a little different, but the vibration of who we are and who we who we came into this life as that vibration, that pure potential vibration, you know, we we all have that opportunity now, but so many people are 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 unaware of that. They're unaware that we are vibrational beings, that we are spiritual beings, that we are energy first having a physical experience. And so I think when we get caught up in that physical living, we lose that wonderful opportunity to, as you said about in soul befriending, you know, be that miracle or live that co-creative life. Well, yes, and I, you know, to do that, um, frankly, to do that, um, one needs uh, what I call evolutionary buddies, Okay. Um, to step into our potential, to, to step into um, our magnificence. Um, this culture doesn't um, cheer on people who do that, especially <laughs> women. Okay, especially mm-hmm. women. 
So mm-hmm. there's a whole deal about having to break rank, um, having to let go of a lot of limited energy habits and having evolutionary buddies, which is just a fancy long name um, for soul friends who um, are more um, connected to who you are becoming rather than who you have been. Um, Soul friends um, ask you the hard questions, okay? They're different than girlfriends. They ask Mm -hmm. the hard questions like, okay, what exactly are you responsible for in <laughs> in this event or you know this conflict um what's your role or um what what is love asking of you in terms of this issue so uh soul buddies are more invested in our future than our past. So they're not Mm. holding us to a role. Oftentimes, old friends will hold us to a role, and especially if we outgrow some of the ways we connected or if we move into an area where we're we are expanding our consciousness, um, old friends get threatened or oftentimes, not all the time, or jealous or uncomfortable, whereas soul friends cheer you on. Soul friends say, go for it. Soul friends say, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what's emerging either, but um, I'm in. And I think, um, you know, just like the just like the quotation, it takes a village. I I -hmm. think in terms of this journey, and the preciousness of this journey, um, having our tribe of soul friends is um, absolutely essential. I I love the way you I love the way you said that, and you know I think again I'm just kind of hearing that this may be something somebody out there really needs to hear right now who's listening or going to be listening to this later. And that is that if you look around your life and you feel so bright and when you're around other people, they try to push you down or change who you are, it's time to start looking at, you know, who you're spending your time with. It's really very big. I've had to do that myself. Yeah, if someone is a sucker, an energy sucker, mm-hmm. you, you know, they're going to want to bring your vibration, your frequency down. So pay attention to um, who your cheerleaders are. You, you know, take, pay attention to who celebrates you. Pay attention to who confronts you, okay? Because a soul buddy will confront. That's part of it, Okay. A soul buddy will kind of be a cheerleader for your evolution, mm-hmm. and I think I I know I wrote about I wrote a, a chapter on this in um, Soul Befriending too, so um, that's where you can find this. Um, oh, wonderful! Yeah, I would I would highly. I'm just I know you said we were going to talk about those two books, but I just want to say I 
read Awaken probably about seven times. And the first time I read it, I couldn't put it down. Um, and for people who are, um, it, it really is, it, it felt like an activity book, Rosie. You had so much questioning and 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 really pondering. And it felt like, you know, really going deep within your own self and your cells as you were reading the words you were talking about, about really awakening and being true to you? Well, you know, um, I think, well, I think, I, I was born a teacher. You know, I'm a teacher. And um, that means interactive. So um, harvesting your journal and um, soul empowerment and awaken and soul befriending are all like a year's workshop between two covers called a book. It's true. Yeah, so it's, it's very interactive. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interactive. It's kind of like, okay, he, he, here's where I am. Here's where I want to go. All right, let, let's let's get the compass out. And um, let's let's just see. So I wrote the books with um, um, I was very conscious of having it be like a shared journey. You know, like we were mm. sitting outside um, in a, by a bonfire, and we were conversing, and I was listening and witnessing, and um, and being a midwife. You know. Um, just be just being present as a midwife, um, and uh, so the books have theory in them for sure. Um, I share a lot of um, of my personal experiences, which um, you, you know, Melissa. I come from five generations of Mainers on both sides, and mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of. Um, support because, you know, our lives are private. Um, There's not a lot of support to share one's journey, especially in print where, you know, I mean, people read it and go, wow. Um, But I think that's what a cosmic catalyst does, you know. A, A cosmic catalyst says, okay, okay, here's the edge. And um, and if you're not if you're not comfortable on your own edge, you're taking up too much room. Mm-hmm. All right. And so Cosmic Catalyst says, "Okay, well, we'll go to the edge and discover you can fly." Um, and um, and that was my intention. That that actually has been my intention in every book I've written. It's really to. Um, expand, um, help people to realize who they are, what they know, and who they want to become. So um, I can use the term future self, or I I can just say, you know, um, what legacy do you want to leave? And how can you live your life in a more authentic way? Um, it, it comes and, across very clear. Absolutely, I I'm really so glad. Would, 
And and people out there listening, please, please, please buy Rosie's books. They're amazing. You 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 will be so happy that you did. <laughs> yeah, they um, can get them as I said on Amazon, or they can um, just visit my website and um, I'll autograph and channel something for them. I love to do that. It's like uh, oh, that's great. It's like that's uh, so great. playing hopscotch, you know. <laughs> I love to play hopscotch as a little girl. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I um I did want to talk a little bit about silence and a couple reasons. One is um I you know, I, I had a background of go go, do do, quick, quick, now, now and um constantly being connected to my watch and one of the things that came up in the work that I was doing with you was I wasn't giving myself enough time in silence. And, you know, now it's like if I don't get a good hour of silence in at least a day, I feel lost. <laughs> but in the yes. beginning, it, boy, was it really difficult to just sit with nothing. But I feel that silence teaches us, and I know that you've done a lot of work in silence, a lot of work in silence, and also... um I think there was a time where you actually did like um, you're blindfolded as well or something. Could you talk a little bit about the, what what you feel silence teaches us and what silence can do for us? Yeah, yes. Um, I, I believe that silence is God's way of communicating with us. So we have to offer the silence and then communication is there. Um, I... Um, do two days of silence a week, meaning um, I do not pick up my phone, I do not go to my computer, there's a note on my door, um, and um, I'm available um, for God. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I'm available for God's delight, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And... um, and again, I believe that you know meditation, silence, um, creative self-expression are um, spiritual practices, and um, and you know I've also started uh, attending Friends, which is the Quaker Church, um, mm-hmm. and um, they build silence as a group. So you sit in a meeting and and you build silence. So it's your individual silence and everybody else's individual silence. And the group intention is to be in communication with spirit through silence. And um, I've really grown in that community. Um, So... Um, you, you know, I can dance in silence. Uh, you know, it's not as though I spend whole days just um, um, <laughs> being nothing. You know, I'm, I'm present and I'm aware and I'm watching how my mind works and um, I'm being of gratitude and... Um, sending out rejoicing and um, offering 
it's really offering myself to God. It's a movement for me from commitment to consecration. And um, it's just become a lifestyle for me. It does. And I find for myself, if I don't get at least so much in, I I need it. I just, I just crave it. And I, I have this new thing. I have this copper pyramid that I sit in now, and I do silent meditation in this copper-framed pyramid. And boy, is it just whew, like you're going to lift off the planet. And the information that just is just almost like encoded in your energy. And um, for people listening, I would say, if you really want to do something for yourself, sit in silence and be okay if you cry, if you feel frustrated. It, it, your body wants to bubble it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, you know, I I um I just got a new iPhone. I've resisted iPhones for at least four years, and, and I just surrendered. And there's a way um, that I can set my iPhone to just do a little gentle buzz every three hours. And and so it buzzes every three hours, and I just make a commitment to be silent for three minutes every three hours. And if I'm in a meeting, you know, I can look out the window and be in silence. Or if I'm teaching, I might say I have to take a bathroom break. Um, but it's a very um, simple, practical way of um, entering into the silence without making a huge time commitment. That's beautiful, and I would recommend that to folks. It's just so important um, to to do that to really be to be present to be present. Yes. So, Rosie, you you are on spiritual tools. So, <laughs> right now, what is your favorite spiritual tool, and why? Oh, um, well, the two that have come to mind, um, and it's not a priority, (laughs) um, is sculpting. I'm in the process of um, sculpting an 89-pound stone, which is certainly the most ambitious project I've ever taken. And um, she's going to be... um, uh, um, Bridget who is a Celtic goddess. Um, She's a guardian of the well. And um, Mm. she has a home, so this is my first commissioned work. She'll be at a retreat center in North Carolina um, um, next to a well. And sculpting for me is a perfect metaphor because it is about soul crafting. So I look at an 89-pound hulk of stone and go, okay, where's Bridget? Where's the essence of Bridget? And anything Mm -hmm. that is not the essence, anything that does not resonate um, with Bridget's soul gets hammered and chiseled and filed away. And I I, I mean, that's, that's that's the soul crafting journey. And I love that, you know, I'm a Pisces and, you know, a pretty outrageous extrovert. But here I am in my backyard 
um, with a hammer and chisel um, because the stone <laughs> is so hard, um, sculpting away, having a conversation, you know, with this energy um, who I'm befriending named Bridget. So, and I do believe that on our spiritual path, we each have a unique creative self-expression, and that is part of the journey. And um, boy, I'll tell you, I I would encourage anyone who's listening to this to find um, to find their joy, to find their pleasure in terms of creative self-expression. So sculpting mm-hmm. is is one, and the other is prayer. I've um, I've had this uh, green light, red yellow, green light, red light, yellow light with prayer, um, especially public prayer, um, because I had a past lifetime where I was um, um, involved in ecstatic rapture, rapturous ecstatic prayer, and um, was beheaded. So. Um, when in the past, when I would ask to do public prayer, I was aware of I put on the brakes, which you know was pretty uncharacteristic of me in any part of my life, and yet <laughs> I was doing it. I was doing it, and people, you know, people would say, "Oh, thank you. That's just what I needed to hear," and I was aware that for some reason I put the brakes on. Um, and um, stayed with the uncomfortableness and the not knowing about what this issue of prayer was uh, until I was able to connect with the past mm-hmm. life and, and realize that um, that prayer might just be one of my gifts this lifetime, one of the things I'm supposed to do. Um, and um, <laughs> and this whole year, especially in Virginia Beach, has really been about um, becoming comfortable uh, with praying publicly and um, and welcoming the healing. It's kind of like prayer is the in breath and healing is the out breath. For me, mm-hmm. um, and I've um, just had the um, what's my word? I I am in deep gratitude um, to the glad helpers. Um, they're the healing arms of ARE, the Edgar Casey Center. So they mm-hmm. they do um, healing prayers every Wednesday from. Nine. I'm sorry. Nine thirty to twelve, and so I've gotten to sit with some men and women who have committed their lives to meditation, prayer, and healing, like for forty-five, fifty years. Wow! And um, I've been invited into that tradition, so. Um, each week I'm part of the prayer and um, actual laying on of hands in terms of a healing practice. And the whole um, 
the whole field of moving from personal intention to group intention to collective tension mm. um, excites and humbles me. Mm-hmm. It because it's really about um, mastery. It's really about energetic mastery, and um, and the power of a group um, who sets an intention and um, and and makes time to attune to that atten- intention, and then applies that intention in very physical ways. Um, it's a, it's really a miraculous process. So wow. sculpting and prayer Amazing. right oh, now. Beautiful, beautiful. Rosie, I want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And um, I really uh, enjoyed it. I hope I didn't <laughs> talk too much, Melissa. No, it's wonderful. I'm just so uh, your your energy, your your truth, your depth is so wonderful to share with people. And I really encourage people to go to um, so it's heart dash soul dash healing dot com. Yes. Um, and. Um, Thank you, Rosie, and be well. And I will be sending out your link as well on my website um, and my, my web information um, this week as well. Great. And when does this air? Right now. Oh, we're live. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, how exciting. Yes, yes. And, um, and people can listen to it later as well. So. Oh, great. Um, Maybe I'll listen to it too. Yes. Absolutely. I probably will learn something. <laughs> I'm sending you so much love, Rosie. And it's coming right back to you, sweetie. Okay, thank you. Okay, good night. Good, good night. Wow, amazing, huh? Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I'm just, I'll read one last, um, or one last, but one more of Rosie's beliefs. She says, I believe that joy is a choice and that we each carry the potential to be joy generators. I just love that. Usually I, I reserve time at the end to, to do mini readings or take calls, but this conversation just felt so amazing that it just um, wanted to share more and more and more. So I really encourage listen, listeners to um, to check out Rosie's work, to go to her workshops, to um, buy her book or books you know sometimes you read a book and it's like yeah that was nice but you read these books and you can go back and you can you know you can do that work and you can look at things and it really does help to awaken and one of the things that I've been I've been doing myself lately is these metaphysical meditations by Yogananda from the Self-Realization um, Fellowship so I wanted to share one with the listeners tonight. And um, let me just see which one they want me to share to all of you. Okay. I really, um, I really love this one. 
and it says, um, meditating on moonbeams. Mix your mind with the moonbeams at night. Wash your sorrows in their rays. Feel the mystic light spreading silently over your body, over trees, over vast lands, standing in an open space with quiet eyes. Behold, beyond the limits of the moonbeam revealed scenery, the fringe of the shimmering horizon. Let your mind be steady, wing beats of meditation spread beyond the lines of visible scenes and over the horizon. Let your meditation run past the rim of the visible to the lands of the fancy. Spread your mind from the moonbeam visible objects to the dim stars and distant skies lying behind in the eternal stillness of the ether all throbbing with life. Watch the moonbeams spread, not only on one side of the earth, but everywhere in the eternal religion of your spacious mind. Meditate until, in the cool moonbeams of your calmness, you race your trackless skies, and in realization, behold the universe as light. Don't you love that? I... um. I do feel that, um, and this is something that I love Yogananda, and he has, um, there's a movie out about his life right now. Um, I believe it's called Awaken. And if you haven't read Autobiography of a Yogi and Meditations, Metaphysical Meditation Prayers, it's very amazing. I mention this because people who write so deep and do such profound work like Yogananda, like Rosie, like other people um, in the world who've been doing this for a very, very long time. The key is silence. And for myself, silence was hard for a long time. And then I started to really deepen and go so deep into silence that I was able to have conversations with my future self, my past selves. It's, it's um, It's really amazing. So that will be more on another show. (laughs) But I want to thank all of you for listening tonight, and thank you for understanding that little glitch we had in the beginning. It got all um, all taken care of. And if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, learn more about my services, please visit me at um, melissaboyd.net. You can sign up for my newsletter and also learn about my services. And I do have... um, all the shows that we have here on Spiritual Tools are available if you go to um, Spiritual Tools. My, my, if you go to my, 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 my website, you can get a link to Spiritual Tools and you can listen to um, past broadcasts. So thank you so much, everyone. And um, wherever you are, just close your eyes if you can for a moment. You are one with the stars. You are one. You are one. Know that you are one. You are loved and you are one. Namaste. Be well.